Grace, mercy, and peace are on yours from God our Father, through our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. And Merry Christmas. Going up on high places can be a scary thing, at least for me. I'm afraid of heights. Driving up Pikes Peak was a terrifying experience for me. I pretty much had to lean from the passenger side into the middle of the van and not look outside the window. But I've been higher than that. I've been to the Himalaya mountain range, and I've been to 20,000 feet, which is 6,000 feet higher than any peak in the United States. And from 20,000 feet, I got to see with my own eyes the infamous Mount Everest. 20,000 feet only seemed like a valley compared to where Everest was. Each year, since at least a hundred years ago, people have attempted the feat of climbing the glory of Mount Everest. It's a most dangerous trek. And as I looked up this year, how many people had successfully made it and how many didn't, because they do keep records each year of who does and who doesn't, I was shocked to learn that they have a photo gallery of those who haven't. There are actually pictures of corpses of people who have not survived this trek. Faulty equipment, a sudden gusty wind, a head trauma, or most often a climber is exhausted and stops to rest, falls asleep and never wakes up, and dies of extreme hypothermia. And the costs of removing a body apparently are 40 to $80,000. And so many, people who don't make it down have remained on this fearful mountain. It's a most sad picture gallery. Many of the corpses have been identified, one of which does not go by a normal name. He or she has come to be known as Green Boots because of the green boots that they were hiking and wearing when they died. Even though the body of the hiker has long since perished, the green boots have been preserved in the frigid cemetery of Everest. The pictures of bodies strewn throughout the glory of Mount Everest slopes are a stark reminder that going up on high places can be scary, if not treacherous. In Psalm 24, King David wrote about ascending high places. In fact, he writes about ascending the highest place the hill of the Lord. And he likened this ascent to a scary event by his question, who can ascend the hill of the Lord? Who can stand in his holy place? David then gives the answer, he who has clean hands and a pure heart and who does not lift up his soul to what is false and who does not swear deceitfully. But who has clean enough hands? Who has a pure enough heart to ascend our God's hill, his holy mountain? The implied answer is no one. While humans can with the right equipment and training and some luck or good fortune or mother nature or whatever you want to call it, ascend the glorious Mount Everest and other tall peaks on planet Earth, no one can ascend to the glory of God's holy mountain by their own strength, their own reason, their own ingenuity, their own resolve, and no amount of luck or good fortune or whatever you call it from anyone or anywhere can help a climber climb to the glory of God. 
people have learned this lesson the hard way. The sons and daughters of Noah, for instance, they were saved from a great flood. And next chapter in the Bible, they are trying to build a tower, not to Everest, but to heaven. How much higher can you get than that? They try to use their human ingenuity and resolve to get close to the glory of God, to become the glory of God. But that ends up tragic as God comes down judging their arrogance. And the sons and daughters of Noah are scattered throughout the world with mixed languages. Pharaoh, Pharaoh, the most powerful person, most glorious human being at the time on earth, tried to stand up against God's glory, and that did not go well. God desired to lead his people out of Egypt, but Pharaoh stood in his way. And it ended with God coming down again and passing over Egypt. In Egypt, the country was left, left decimated. The army was completely destroyed, and all the firstborn sons were left dead. There's Nadab and Abihu, the sons of Aaron, the first high priest, brother of Moses. And after they got to witness and be in the presence of the glory of God, only after God had prepared them with the proper atonement for their sins and other important preparations, after experiencing that amazing thing, being in the glory of God, they try to re-enter the glory of God on their own, by their own intuition and their own hands and feet, and they were immediately struck dead. Yes, many a human has tried to ascend to the glory of the Almighty God, the same God who created Mount Everest, the God who cannot be contained in all his glory by any earthly location or dimension. And many a human has failed. And so because no one can climb up or ascend to where God is in all his glory and perfection and power, the only way for God and humanity to coexist is for God to not be a God of glory, at least among his creation. Or for this God of glory to come down to his creation in a most mysterious and marvelous way, in a way that somehow could be safe for his creation. As David writes in the Psalm 24, the king of glory, he must come down. We cannot go up. He must come down if we're to coexist with the King of Glory. And that's the ultimate beauty of Christmas. It's what Christmas is really all about. It's why the angels particularly sing glory to God in the highest and peace to his people on earth. It's what St. John reveals to us in a most mysterious and magnificent way in our gospel lesson. It's not just that God became flesh. It's not just that God came to us to be with us. It's that God came down from his high and holy place in all of his glory, and he came down in a way that was safe for you and for me, for shepherds, for Mary and for Joseph, and for any human being that trusts in him. In the birth of Jesus, God laid aside his righteous wrath towards our sin, towards our pride, and towards our arrogance. And he came down into our flesh. The word, the same word that created light and life, and yes, Mount Everest. He came down in flesh, human flesh, so he could dwell among us humans. 
The word that became flesh is the very glory of God. We have seen his glory, St. John writes. We've seen his glory in the face of Jesus. It's the most beautiful thing, this event known as Christmas. The birth of God into flesh. The very son of God in the flesh. The very glory of God that everyone from Moses to Elijah, from David to Isaiah the prophet, all feared. Because it was so powerful and so perfect. That very glory dwelled among us safely. It dwelled safely in the person and work of Jesus the Christ. God's glory came down because we could not go up to it. And it dwelled among us. And it lived among us. And that's the most mysterious and marvelous thing. Jesus, God's glory, walked on the earth and made God accessible in flesh and bone. God's glory was hidden in human flesh so we could see it face to face, touch it, eat with it. Moses, he asked to see God's glory face to face, but he was not allowed. We, we've seen God's glory face to face in the person and work of Jesus. And even while hidden in human flesh, the very glory of God could still speak and do things. It spoke and did things as God in the flesh to diseases and demons, and they would flee. He could speak over death, and death itself would die. Jesus, the very glory of God, wrapped God's anger in eternal love. He wrapped God's judgments in his own suffering. Pure hands. And a pure heart, that's what David says. That's who can ascend the hill of the Lord. Jesus had pure hands, pure hearts, and might we add pure feet. That's Jesus, pure and pierced for our sins and for our transgressions. That's the glory of God coming down to us, accessible to his creation, safe for us humans now. That's what Christmas really is all about. Jesus taking the scary out of the heights of the highest place. Yes, Green Boots was a climber who died on Mount Everest, identified by his or her feet. Jesus is the glory of God who came down, also identified by his feet. His feet anointed by one named Mary for death. His feet then pierced on a cross in death before his mother Mary, who sat at the foot of the cross. And his feet resurrected, and the first thing touched by Mary Magdalene when she recognized him. Who shall ascend the hill of the Lord, David asked. Only one who has pure hands, pure hearts, and might we add, pure feet. Because of Jesus, because of what he's done, I think we can now answer the question a little differently. Who can ascend the hill of the Lord? Jesus' pure hands, Jesus' pure hearts, and Jesus' pure feet have made my hands, your hearts, your feet, Charlotte's hands, Charlotte's heart, Charlotte's feet, pure. Who shall ascend the hill of the Lord? I will. You will, Charlotte will, 
with hands and hearts and feet, now pure, made by the blood of Jesus Christ. And so now as the prophet proclaims to us today, the prophet Isaiah, how beautiful upon the mountains are the feet. Not the boots, but the feet. How beautiful upon the mountains are the feet of him who brings good news. So go now. Go tell it on the mountain, over the hills, and everywhere. That Jesus Christ, the glory of God, is born. Amen. <laughs>